Hello and welcome back to our podcast on the Psalms. This is the second in the series. And I wonder if you had had time to pray and ask God about the questions that you may have had when you did Psalm 1. Did you have many questions to ask God, many doubts? I did. As I read the Psalm, I, it made me more and more aware that the fact that those who, the wicked, those who walked in step with the wicked, the ones who stood in the way of sinners, and those who mocked, seemed to prosper all the time. While those who strove to <clears throat> walk righteously did not always um, be like trees planted by streams of water. What it occurred to me was that the poor and the helpless seemed to suffer regardless of whether they were righteous or unrighteous, and the rich and the powerful seemed to prosper regardless of whether they were righteous or they were wicked. And this was very painful thought to me. And I have no answers for that. What it has caused me to think is, is the heart of God, how God must be upset and sad and angry that the ways that ought to have been, the ways that should be, have been thwarted. But it raises another question for me, and that is then what is a child of God? What is the role? What is the duty? What does a child of God do when he sees such injustice? So I said I haven't any, question, any answers to these questions, but it's something that I want to keep praying and asking God and knocking and challenging God on this. That if God said that those who do not walk in step of the wicked do not stand in the way of sinners and do not sit in the company of mockers are blessed and they are that God watches over them and they are like trees planted by streams of water and yields its fruit in season if these are the promises of God then I want to challenge God on this I want to ask God God how can this be but more than that what does his child do when God's plans and God's perfect ways are thwarted. If you have similar questions, just keep praying and asking God. Talk also. Write to me, call me, and you could have a chat about these things. But you see, the moment we start talking to God, even challenging God on the truths of His Word, then we are in the journey, on the journey to knowing God much better. But today, the passage that I've chosen is very different from Psalm 1. It is a psalm of awe. It is Psalm 139. And I'm going to take it very slowly in 1, 2, 3, 5 installments. So we'll take well two and a half weeks to do this. But it is a beautiful psalm because it is a, it is a psalm of awe. And I think before we continue talking to God... We need to be in awe of God. We need to reflect on who God is and how much God cares for us. Because how then can we face a world that is difficult? How then do we face a world where the truths of God seem to be thwarted? Until we are in awe of God. And then we will find peace. And then we will live differently. And so today I want to read to us Psalm 139 verse 1 to verse 6. 
You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. This is a psalmist, David, who had done a lot of reflection. He had looked at his life and he noticed that God was attentive to him, that God was very attentive to him. I think the first thing we need to do is to spend time being attentive to God. As David was attentive to God, he noticed that there were so many times when it became obvious that God knew when he was sitting down and when he was going out. God knew all his actions, his coming in and his going out. But more than that, that God knew his thoughts. Even before he spoke, God already knew what was in his mind. And as he looked at his life and the way God engaged him and God was involved with him, it filled him with great awe. I think one of the things that we need very much to do is to spend time to to notice how intensely, immensely interested and attentive God is to us. Two days ago, I, um, I did a funeral. And after the funeral, I was talking to the son of the deceased, who wasn't a Christian. He was agnostic or atheist. But as he related how God had prepared him, he, was, he loved his mother so passionately. It was like his life revolved around his mother. And then he told of how God prepared him for his mother's passing. That even though it was sad now, he could put it aside, knowing that everything was made beautiful, how his mother spoke with him and told him that she was going, how God provided different ways where he could be prepared for the passing of his mum. And his mum didn't pass away, his mum actually passed away very suddenly, and yet he said he was all prepared for it. And in this conversation, he acknowledged that it had to be God who had arranged all of this. Have you noticed how God arranges circumstances in your life as well? That there were times when just you seemed like you were just pushed into a corner, and yet God had prepared cushions for you, God had prepared soft landings for you. And these soft landings did not just happen suddenly. It was as though God had been preparing these soft landings weeks, days, months, years even, before you even had that fall. And as you fell, you found yourself cushioned and God holding you up because of all the preparations that he had done way before this happened. Have you ever experienced that before? Or have you had times when you were all bent on sin because you said you had no choice, you were pushed by your, in, by your impulses or pushed by circumstances? And then... God intervened and thwarted all your plans and made it impossible for you to commit sin. Have you ever had that happen to you as well? Have you noticed that at times things seem to fall in together from different directions? That you were, had not prepared for any of these things? But it seemed as though God had orchestrated everything. Spend some time reflecting on this because I'm very sure each of you would have had such experiences. 
Does it tell you of a God who is immensely attentive to you? As the psalmist says, God knows your sitting down and your rising up. He knows your going in and your coming out. He knows your lying down and your going out. He knows your thoughts. He knows the words that you're going to say long before you even said them. Does that fill you with awe? Does it fill you with dread? Does it fill you with a sense of security? How do you feel when you know that everything that you do, not only does God know it vaguely or know it because of who He is, but that God knows it because He has searched you, that He is actually very interested in you, and very attentive to everything that happens to you and everything that you say, do or think. How do you feel about that? Would you say something to God about it now? Perhaps a prayer that says, God, I'm scared. I'm scared because you seem to know everything and there's so much I don't want you to know. Or would you say, God, thank you that you know me, that I'm never, ever alone. But in every circumstance, you already know and you've prepared me for it and you've prepared for it altogether. How would you speak to God? Say it to God now. And then we continue. But it's not just that God is immensely interested in you or that God knows everything about you. It says that then God hems me behind and before. That means he's right here squeezing me in front of me. He's there behind me. He's there. And the sense of it is protection. That there is no space where any harm can cut in. That God is squeezing me right there in front of me, right there behind me protecting me and then his hand is upon me having God's hand upon me is a comforting thought it's comforting because he's saying to me don't be worried I am here but as we think about the Bible as God placing his hand on people it is also a hand of authority and hand of power what God is saying is that he is with you so close to you wherever you are in the school where you're teaching um students at home where you're resting or you are working on a problem or maybe even having a conflict in the boardroom where you are in charge or the boss is making things difficult for you where you're facing various dilemmas in the counseling room where you are wondering what to do and what to say to someone in need in all of these places and circumstances God is there, his hand upon you, assuring you that he is watching and he's protecting you, but also assuring you that he's given you authority and power. How do you feel about that? The psalmist says that such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I can't even start thinking, he says, of how great that is. Do you feel that way as well? That wherever you go, whatever circumstance that you face, God's hand is upon you. When you're tempted to sin or even when you're in the midst of sin, God is still there right in front of you, right before you, empowering you and protecting you. 
That when you are helping someone, God is there too. Not only does He know that you are doing it, but He's right there in front of you, behind you, His hand upon you. Are there things that you want to say to God about this as well? I have three suggestions, no wait, four suggestions for us in the next two days and maybe even throughout the week or the next few weeks. First, spend some time in reflection. Be attentive to signs of God's work and God's presence in your life. Have you seen how your life has been moving? And that at the end of the day, they are not random choices, nor are they your choices, but that God's hand has been upon you. Can you remember some incidents where these things happened? I remember that at one time, every time God provided something, I'll be reminded that, hey, this is to provide for a need that will come very soon. And indeed, whenever God provided, it was always a provision in advance to a need that would come. And when the need came, I no longer had to worry about where to find resources because the resources had already come even before the need arose. It was really something that blew me away how God prepares the way. Perhaps you you could spend time also to reflect on how involved God is in your life. That's the first thing. Second, recognize and acknowledge His presence and His work wherever you are. When you... Wherever you go, whether you're alone, whether in your crowd, whether it is a happy situation or a sad situation, remind yourself that God is right there with you, especially when you're sorely tempted and you really want to sin. Acknowledge that God is there with you. But also at times when you feel that your life is in danger, that you might have done something really wrong and you're going to have to face circumstances even, in times when you need God the most, perhaps in an illness, at a time of illness, perhaps at a time when someone you love is going through a difficult time, acknowledge and recognize that God is there with you. His hand is upon you. And what that happens then is that you can talk to Him. You can say to God, God, I know that your hand is upon me now. Make me attentive to you that I may say the right things, that I may do the good things, that I may indeed have your power and authority to minister. Have that assurance and talk to God about it. And third, acknowledge your sin. God knows the times when we have done right, the times when we have done terribly wrong. And even though God knows, I think it's helpful for us to acknowledge it, not so much for God to know it, but for us to bear our hearts to Him, for us to unload upon Him. It is important then when we say, God, I'm so sorry, I know you saw the things that I did. I know you saw how awful I was, how wicked I was, and I'm really sorry. And fourth, acknowledge His protection, recognize His loving, God's loving protection upon you. Wherever you are, at work, 
at home. Know that God is there to protect you. He's there to protect you from sin. He's there to protect you from harm. He's there always attentively watching over you. As you acknowledge these things and speak to Him, here's a prayer that I will close with. Your prayers may be very different, but I encourage you to take time to talk to God. Let us pray. Father, you, you know me through and through. I'm very awed by this and I'm very grateful for this. And yet God, so often it seems like I don't recognize it at all. I, I forget. I go about living my life, doing my own thing, doing wicked things, doing things mindlessly and doing things that do not acknowledge your presence. All the while you're watching, Lord, and it's breaking your heart, and I'm sorry. But God, I thank you still that you protect me in many ways. Even when I fall into sin, even when I do wicked things, you, you protect me. You keep standing in the way and trying to thwart my sin. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful too that you protect me also from the sins of others. I'm grateful that you anticipate so many things, all the things in my life, and you do everything to make all things turn out for good because you love me. Father, I want so much more to, to recognize and to acknowledge your presence. When I'm in a room with someone, I want to be aware that you are at work. When I'm in difficult situation, when I'm facing people who oppose me, I want to be assured that you are with me. When I'm doing well, I want to be reminded that you are watching even when nobody else is watching. And that is the most important. And so God, in all the circumstances of my life, in all my conduct, my thoughts, my words, help me to be so aware of your presence. Help me to be so aware that you want to listen in, you want to watch, you want to engage, and you want to be involved in my life. That Father, I may live my life, I may think my thoughts, I may speak my words and do my deeds, always conscious of the fact that you want to be involved with me as well. I thank you as I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I encourage you to pray your own thoughts based on what you discover about the reality of God being with you. Have a good week. God bless you and hope to see you all on Sunday. Goodbye.